Fire up your engines and pick up some flags. It's Rally SG on the Coco Show, episode 33. Hi, everybody. Welcome to the Coco Show. I'm John. And I'm Aaron. And today, Aaron, we're going to be talking about Rally SG. Oh, man. FG. The SG stands for Super Gold. Is that what that... I was wondering what it stood for. Or maybe Solid Gold. Do you know what it means? No. I don't either. It's it's some sort of car Is it? Yeah. Like, you know, Ford SG. Oh, I've heard of that. That British convertible maker, MG SG. it's, yeah, that's what they I don't know. I'm not a car guy. I, well, I am, as you can tell. Yeah, yeah, there you go. Um, before we start, we need to give a shout out to our Coco Game Selection Committee, Aaron. These are the guys that support us on Patreon and choose all the games we play. Plus, they are what you call pillars of the Coco community. Mm. So, a big Tandy thank you to Robert Murphy and Steve Rasmussen. A big Tandy thank you. What does that entail? <laughs> well, remember on the Co- on the Coco show or Coco Talk theme, where the the dumpsters floating down yeah. the river? It's a little something like that. When you when you get a, a Tandy thank you, it comes with a handshake and a pack of batteries. That's right. That's how they did it over there. <laughs> now, Aaron. This is a uh, this is a car game, yeah. but if you look at the cover of this, you see a guy on a go kart. Yeah. Now, go karting was that a thing when you were a kid? It was. Go yeah, go karting's been around for a long time. Except it was a lot more dangerous back in those days. Open wheeled, gasoline powered go karts, whipping around a track without any sort of uh, uh, thing to keep you from going at top speed. People would get ran over. People would run into each other, hit the wall, because they had the old tires mm-hmm. set up, you know. Right. Now, where, did you do this? Were you part I, of I it? I have done the go-karts. They used to have them at, like, Rock Lake, mm-hmm. and they had them for yeah. a while. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Kings Island, and back, way back, had them, you know. Are you more of a go-kart or a bumper cart guy? I like the bumper cars because it's less deadly. Mm-hmm. Because I don't want to get murdered when I'm You know playing. what I like about the bumper cars is when you see the sparks fly off the ceiling. That is the best. Yeah. You're like, what's going on? I don't even know. Right. And to think about it, you're basically a conductive electric <laughs> vehicle. You know, they're you, way ahead of their time. It, it also makes you wonder what would happen if you reach back and touch that metal pole that's connected to the ceiling. Not good. Not you know, good. And the, the funny thing about those, the, the well, there's obviously a big difference between a, a bumper car. There's a myriad of differences. It's a, it's a, it's a but, small difference, But, really. I mean, the steering just comes to mind. I mean, the steering in a, in a bumper car, because you're just gonna, like, a, it's like a steering around a motorized buggy. Right. You know, and in a go-kart, you're steering a proper car. It's a proper car. Have you go-karted? I did at Rock Lake. At Same Rock thing, Lake. really? Yeah, yeah. Um, you know, Rock Lake used to be great. Yeah. It used to be great. Yeah. And now it's, I don't even, it might be one of those abandoned places that people go to now. Well, it wouldn't be much of a trip, really. <laughs> I think they tore it down, what was left of it. Was there ever a lake there? I don't think there was. I was think there? that's what the swimming pool was. Yeah, but it wasn't right? a real lake, was it? Was it ever a lake? I think I it was, it was a lake, and then they put that rope swing on there, then yeah. it became a swimming pool. Yeah, Rock Lake was the local amusement center. To, well, not super local, but it wasn't too far away. And they, they were known for having a deadly wall dive into the, yeah. into the pool. You know, And then, of course, it, it they changed over the years. They ultimately got rid of the pool. They put in miniature golf, mm-hmm. which was good. It was for a, a very nice mini golf course. They yeah. used to, uh, the Brent, when I first met the Brent, I'd go up there with him and a bunch of the band cronies, and uh, and they did the, the Moonlight Madness. That's where you got like five, you got like fifty tickets in a hot dog for five dollars. You were set. The, the crummy thing about that place was ultimately they became an arcade. Mm-hmm. You know, that's not arcade, a crummy thing. Well, no, but it sucked. 
this is what arcades. What the, you could say, like we got an arcade. That didn't mean like an arcade back in the old days. Right. This is where they could just pile a bunch of crappy machines that didn't work and the buttons are broke. And they're like, "There's your arcade. Go play." <laughs> Yeah, it wasn't quite as bad as you're making it out. Well, it wasn't. It wasn't a, what I would call a top tier arcade. It wasn't Aladdin's Castle. Let's say that. But no, that's, that's well, where Aladdin's I, Castle wasn't a top tier arcade either. That's where the first time I played um, uh, Theater of Magic was yeah. at Rock Lake. The first time I played Police Trainer, which is a, a very underrated game. That's a first time favorite. I played Daytona. Was it? That, it was at that arcade. Yeah. Now, have you ever go karted anywhere aside from there? I don't think so. I don't think so. So I know that there's some really awesome tracks, like when you go to Florida or Myrtle Beach or places like that. And I enjoy it. I like go-karting, you know, whipping around curves and stuff. I think it loses the appeal when you can drive an actual car. Probably so. I haven't done it since before I got my driver's license. You know, I'll get a Jeep. So you can always just go out and drive around the woods or something. You ever go mudding? I never do that because I don't want to clean up the car. Yeah. Also, I'm afraid it gets stuck. Yeah. Also, it just seems stupid to me. <laughs> All three of those are good, good answers. Yeah. I'll tell you what, Aaron. We've talked a lot about nothing. Now it's time to talk about something. Yeah, Let's we, talk about Rally SG. You know, uh, Boat, Rally SG uh, is a uh, Nicholas Marentes joint, just mm-hmm. like last week's game was. And, uh, of course, Nick is, sort of, is, a, is the prolific Coco developer. He's done many, many things. He's, he's always got something cooking. He is the he's the lone champion of the Coke, the original Coco game. Well, he's not the everybody lone else, champion. Everybody else is doing these sort of half-baked transcodes. You know, these these not very good points. What's with your problem with transcodes? Listen. Transcodes are incredible. You it's dipstick. Listen, Why are you bad mouth the nose of all the things that bad mouth? You could bad mouth the transcode. You've got to bad mouth them because they're it's just it's laziness. No, it's not. You're, it you don't know. Do you know the first thing about programming? I no. No. Okay. <laughs> Goof. Good lord. I'm defending the transcoders out there. Listen, I continue to attack. Them. Oh, you're a goof. So. Uh, Nick put this game out, but I want to talk about the game that's based on uh, before we get into the game in Rally SG, and that's a little game called Rally X. Yes. Rally X, uh, Boat. This was a uh, Namco joint uh, way back in the glorious arcade days of the early, early 80s. It debuted in American 81. Uh, this was a, a maze game. Uh, where you drive a car around and you retrieve flags. Sounds familiar. You're chased by other cars, but you do have a weapon on your side, and that is a smoke screen that you can pour out. That when the other cars hit it, uh, they wreck in uh, the original version. Uh, and you've also got the old radar to help you find out where the flags are in this maze because you're zoomed way in. Mm-hmm. Right? So it was a popular game uh, back when I was a uh, young lad in 81. I was 10 at the time. Um, so, have you you have played Rally X in the arcade? Yes. Yes. And your your what were your initial impressions when you played? It? And do you do you remember when the first time you played it was? How old were you? Oh, I was in college the first time so I played it. This is well after it had been. So and in the first time that I played, I played it for years on Mame, and I had a joystick. It was one of those uh, Jack specific sticks that had Miss Pac Man, Pole Position, Galaga, and Rally X on it. And I played it a ton on that. Yeah. Uh, it it was a it was a good earner for Namco. I'm not going to lie, Rally X, I'm not a fan. I never liked the game. It's funny, when I was younger, I wasn't a big fan of games with radar. Mm-hmm. Like, it just didn't do it for me. Mm-hmm. Like, I did, I wasn't into Defender, you know, or even stuff like Sinistar, which I thought was a cool plot, but I just never was. I just never got into it that much. Uh, and this is a game that, to me at the time, 
believe it or not, this seems like a pretty simplistic game. This is an 81. So I don't know what I was playing. Uh, but as the years have rolled on, I have uh, grown a little more fond of the game. Uh, so, and, and of course, it's got lots of fans, as you, as you can imagine. So, uh, when Nick decided to uh, put together Rally SG, I think this was a good choice because Nick wasn't just putting out some sort of game, you know, because Nick puts out these real, a lot of the games he puts out are really push the Coco. Right. This was a, this is sort of a different approach uh, when he did this game because I, Nick wanted to do something that you could play on any of the Cocos for the most part. And the dragon, and so what he ended up doing uh, was making this game. Uh, this uh, was released July of 2020, uh, of course, by like I said, Nick Morentes. And this will run on any of the Cocos and the Dragons. All it requires two requirements: 64k of memory boat and a joystick, mm -hmm. an analog joystick, faux show. Now that's the way. That's the way I played. I think you had pretty much have to use an analog what? stick. No, you don't. I, you, I used I, a PS4 stick on the Mister, and it was fine. Really? Yeah. Well, I played it on the actual Coco with the Black Beauty, and I didn't have any luck playing it with a non-analog stick. I couldn't. I couldn't play it with a crap. So, boat. Can you go over the rules of this game? What separates it from the original, and what does that have in common? Well, this game is a. Um, the rules of the game are collect all of the, 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 the flags, which in this game are represented by dots. Yeah. And from here on out, I'm just going to talk about the Coco version, then we'll, we'll, I'll circle back around sure. and compare it. So you've got dots, and you're, you're moving around this maze, and uh, you're being chased by cars. This is At this point, what you've got here is a very, very zoomed-in car Pac-Man game. Yeah, okay. That's sort of what this reminded me of the arcade, the original one. I was mm -hmm. like, yeah, this is a little bit like Pac-Man. Um, the uh, your car and your the enemy cars, the maze, everything is big and blocky. Yeah. Um, when you collect all of the dots, you go on to the next level. Every couple levels, every the, I think it's every three. Every three levels, there is a bonus stage yeah. where all you have to do is collect dots. And then you move on, and it's basically just extra score. Um, that is... No, okay. If you are being chased by an enemy car, you push the button, and you release your smoke screen. That causes the car behind you to sort of wreck. It no longer will follow you for a time, and you can continue on your way. Right. Um, this is a very simple game. Yeah. It's a very simple game. The thing that sold this game in the arcades was number one, this is 1981, so this is pretty early on. There weren't a whole lot of games that featured cars that weren't just straight-up racing games. Yes. In fact, this might have been the first non-racing car game in the arcade. It wouldn't surprise me if that were the case. The one, the one I think of is like uh, Death Race or whatever, where you run over people. That one wasn't really a race, so that I think that one predates it. There's a Night Driver, but that's sort of a race it's game. A, yeah, yeah, yeah. So, um, and... Uh, the thing that I always liked about this game is that the uh, there were certain sections of the maze that were sort of two lanes, okay? And so you could actually pass the other cars going the opposite direction. And it made you kind of smile as you did it because you're like, ha, pulled one over on these guys. Unfortunately, the Coco version of Rally SG does not feature these double lane sections of the track. So everything is, you know, you're, you're, you have to avoid the enemies just by running away from them. Um, 
that's probably the biggest difference as far as the gameplay goes, aside from the mini game or the the, the bonus. Stage. There's also well, there's one a- other aspect that I want to touch on that Nick stuck in here, which is the orange flag, which I don't think he touched on the orange flag. So hidden amongst all these yellow flags is an orange flag. Mm-hmm. If you get the orange flag, it doubles your score of the regular yellow flags until the end of the level. Right. So and it's and so so what this does, this actually has a big bearing on the game. Because you could sort of avoid getting the yellow flags, find the orange flag to jack up your score. But of course, when you're avoiding the yellow flags, you're avoiding the yellow flag. It's exactly like Ladybug. Yeah. It's exactly like Ladybug, which is great because this game needs something like that. It yeah. needs to give you a reason to not just collect all the flags and move on to There's the There's also stage. the fuel element. Mm-hmm. Uh, when you finish a level uh, with fuel, you get a, points for the fuel. I like the challenge levels. It's not like I got to them all the time. Uh, and on those levels, it's a timed level where you just collect the, the flags that you don't know where they're at. You just go all over the map trying to find them, and you've got a time limit. See, and that's how. And so, the more flags you get, the more score you get. That's a neat, a, a neat element to it. I mean, Nick didn't reinvent the wheel here, but what he did do, in my opinion, was I mean, this is uh, absolutely uh, a very playable uh, Rally X uh, clone or tribute. Uh, yes, is it as attractive as the arcade version? No, but Nick was shooting for compatibility here, and what he did was he got compatibility with the with the, the gameplay intact. The thing plays at a good uh, crisp uh, clip. Uh, I had no trouble uh, avoiding cars and steering through the maze. The only problem I had gameplay wise with this was with the black was with was the controls. My analog controller, I would, I didn't, I would miss a lot of stuff. Oh yeah. There are not. This is a great. This would be a great game, and I'm sure the arcade version had this. This would be a great game for a four-way joystick. Yeah, absolutely. Because there's no diagonals in in uh, uh, Rally SG, and so you can get hung up. Mm-hmm. The old issue with these, where you're trying to hit those corners, and that's why ultimately I went to the Black Beauty. I did start trying to play this on the on the Mister, but I moved over because I wanted to have. Uh, the analog control, and it was a mixed bag. I really wish I'd had the uh, the deluxe you yeah. had. Mm-hmm. would have been great, but I didn't have it. I just had the black beauty. My black beauty are beat to death. Mm-hmm. So I would have trouble turning these corners. Really, I would. I was surprised that there was not a uh, keyboard support in this, uh, which I uh, which probably would have actually been a pretty good way to play. Uh, but it requires the joystick. It is an interesting. You know, I would be interested to ask Nick why he chose not to include keyboard support in this game. Because like you said, this is if you've got, especially if you've got a Coco 3 and you've got those arrow keys arranged in the in the, in the the way that they are, this would be a great game to play with a keyboard. Yeah, and I, I, to be honest with you, I mean, it's, it said it didn't support keyboard, so and I didn't even attempt to use keyboard. So if, if he baked it in there, I don't know about it. But mm-hmm. I didn't, as far as I know, it does not have any support for keyboard. I, w- I want to talk a little bit about the aesthetic. Of this game. So the original Rally X uh, has pretty detailed graphics as far as the cars go. And Nick decided to go the other way with this game. And he made everything very blocky. Yeah. This looks very reminiscent of a game on the Atari 2600. This reminds me of like an Odyssey 2 game a lot. Mm-hmm. Even the color choices and everything. It's what it reminded me of. And the car looks very similar to the, the racing car model in the Odyssey 2. Now, I've never seen an Odyssey 2 game that has scrolling. So I don't know if that's possible on that system. But I do know that there's a lot of Atari 2600 games that look just like this. Yeah. And the reason why I bring that up is I don't think that that's a bad thing. I think that that is a legitimate 
aesthetic that you can take when you're making a, a, a new game on an old system. You know, a lot of times with Coco games, you, you know, developers try and make highly detailed graphics and what suffers. Well, what suffers is the speed of the game and the playability of the game. Now, Nick is a wizard. He can make a game like Zero Hour and he can have super detailed graphics and still have nice gameplay and make a great game. But not everybody's like that. Yeah. And I would like to see more developers kind of pursue this ultra blocky, you know, 2600 Odyssey 2 like aesthetic and make some, you know, different kinds of games. Like, how cool would it be to see, like, a Kaboom on the, uh, on, on, on the, uh, on the Coco, you know, using that Black Beauty or using the self-centering de deluxe joystick with the blocky graphics? I'd love to see it. I, I agree with you. And this is your perfect example of, of a game where the, uh, the, uh, uh, the gameplay is king and the graphics are, take the back seat. Mm -hmm. You're right. It, and, and uh, you know, Rally X, it wasn't the most beautiful game. But yeah, it was more detailed. But this one gets the job done with what it's got. It's just like playing like the old Snake or something. It still works, despite the fact that you're basically effectively moving around big blocks. Yeah, of and, the, and the thing that I like about this is this is a, you know, this is obviously a, uh, a, a game that you can play on any of the Cocos as long as you got 64K, but it's also very, very colorful. Yeah, and know? it supports the RGB and the composite, so mm -hmm. you've got the choice there when you fire that up. It's always nice to have that that uh, choice as well. I like the fact that you're building in support for the dragon. We're trying to sort of build a bridge between the Coco community and the dragon community because we're basically brothers, right? You know, and right. uh, so it's I always love that that sort of thing when you see get that kind of and he, he aimed for that compatibility. I think this is the kind of game where you, it, as a as a programmer. He set the goal of having total compatibility before he even wrote the game, and he had to write it within the parameters that he set. The challenge he made to himself, and he pulled it off. Yeah, you know, and this is again, this is a game that I'm not particularly keen on the arcade, but I found myself playing it quite a bit. I also like the varieties in the color schemes. Like every time that you get to a new level, you have different the the road and the the maze turns different colors. And like for example, we're looking at Zone Four right here. This is like a nighttime scene. You know? Yeah. Did you get far in this game? Um, I think that I made it to, I, pro, well, I definitely made it past the first bonus stage, so I, I got to probably zone four is where I conked out. Yeah, I, I didn't, I didn't have a ton of success with it. Again, I blame my shoddy controller for my, well, also my shoddy abilities are, are in there. What did you think about that? Because as I recall in Rally X, when you leave the cloud, it, the other cars blow up. And then they reappeared. So what did you think about the idea of them just turning around? I don't think that's that? true. I think that in Rally X, they I also I thought they actually that. blew no, up. No, I think they spin around. They, they rotate around. I and see. I thought that I could have sworn they... Of course, there's also new Rally X, and mm -hmm. I, I tend to get those two confused a lot. Right. I thought it worked. I, was like, I mean, it is fun to have a bunch of cars behind you and lay down some of that right. smoke. Right, That was I, I, That's always a good time. But I, it's funny how little I used it. Usually I, it's just the managing to get out of there. I would be interested to know why Nick didn't incorporate the the double lane aspect of the game because, like I said, for me that's the coolest part of the game is to have that in there, and that's really what makes this not just a zoomed in Pac Man clone. I'm sure that there was a technical reason why, and maybe in a future episode we can do a follow up and get that answered. Um, in case just for anyone that's keeping track, uh, this is a 64 by 64 graphics resolution, eight colors plus black. Uh, he says here, I got this straight off his webpage, he's using uh, semi-graphic mode 8, and he's uh, double buffer display and active radar display, which we saw, which radar works fine, just mm -hmm. like you'd expect yep. it to work. Yep. And I wrote this down just in case you were interested. 
Uh, it, this right here, you can. I don't know if you can still buy a physical copy, but you can absolutely pick up the digital download, and you can pick this bad boy up uh, for five bucks. And when you do it, it gets you the uh, it gets you not just the disc version, but there's a cassette version, some mm -hmm. other versions. So there's multiple versions. It's the same game, but just multiple ways to download it. Right. And it all comes in one package. Five bucks. It's absolutely worth a fiver, I think, boat. Uh, and you can go over to uh, nickmarentes.com uh, and and uh, have a look at that. Very simple. Nick's got a bunch of uh, great stuff over there. And like I said, Nick is one of the most active uh, developers on the Coco. Uh, and uh, but I think this is another winner. I was I was actually kind of surprised considering I'm not real keen on this. I actually enjoyed this more than I thought. I think part of the reason is, of course, I played this on the actual Coco. You know, you know, how I am with the Coco, and. Uh, you know, gosh, it it's fun to have these games that just play well. Yeah. And that's what I like about it. Yeah. It plays well. It's funny to play this directly after you're playing Zero Hour, which is probably the most graphically impressive game the Coco's ever seen. Mm -hmm. But this is sort of a throwback, but in a, in a good way. Right, right, absolutely. We get any Discord action on this one, Bo? Absolutely, we did. We got one review, and it came from the one and only L. Curtis Boyle. He oh, says... Hell. Continuing with author Nick's obsession with using higher semi-graphics modes for Coco 1 and 2 games, Rally SG is Nick's version of the popular arcade title Rally X for these machines. Nick's main reason for using these modes is he can get nine colors on the screen simultaneously instead of the usual four. But Nick duplicates most of the original arcade game here with radar, four-way scrolling, and animated tires. He even added some extras like his timer-based challenge stages. A very well done game, giving his self, given his self-imposed restrictions. We had some more reviews from Aunt Rally SG that I forgot to read when we recorded, so I'm sticking them in right now. First one comes from Pajaco6502, and he says, A big thanks to Buck Owens for helping me get this to run on the Coco 2 core. I love the original Rally X in the arcade and some of its ports, and still it remains a good game today. Rally SG is very playable and a fun port of the game, and whilst the graphics are very chunky due to the graphics mode being used, its bright colors and good frame rate make this an enjoyable game to play. Having a reduced play field does make the game a little more challenging, but not frustrating. Weirdly, I can imagine this is exactly how most folks would picture retro games if they weren't familiar with them. I never really knew the Coco line of computers until fairly recently, and even the Dragon was something I knew of but never played on. But had I owned either of them originally, I would have been very happy to own Rally SG. Even if you only play this a handful of times, it's definitely worth $5. 8 out of 10. Exile in Paradise writes, Pure Nick Marenti's gold. It's Rally X, but in semi-graphics, which he makes work well for it. It's almost as if he can't help himself, but adds lots of little touches that make it more than a low-res knockoff. There's stuff like the animated race flag banner, the starting light screen, the rainbow fade between levels, and more. He draws the words, scores, and timers in blocks rather than ROM text, so that even Color Computer 3 owners can play it in semi-graphics without visual glitches. Despite the few pixels, the cars get animated tires, and there's the radar as you'd expect. The game moves along, ramping up difficulty well. So if you want a little classic rally arc action on the Coco, Rally SG delivers. Mr. Dave 6309 writes, Great little game. Looks great in RGB. I find it more like a Pac-Man style game with the mazes and dots. But us 8-bit fans love Pac-Man style. It's a well done little gem. 
C64J writes, One of my favorite games growing up was Rally X. We would play this game at a local bar in the morning before any patrons were around. I'm sure this was illegal, but the game was fun. Overall, Rally SG is a good version of Rally X. The game is fun to play and worked well with my deluxe joystick. The graphics are blocky but don't take away from gameplay. The sound could be better, but it is adequate. Played this game on my Coco 3 using composite and the game played in black and white. This made the cars and map hard to see. I rate the game 6 out of 10 in black and white. I would give it 7 out of 10 if I could get it in color. And now, back to the show. Yeah, very cool. Can you imagine being such a good programmer that you just make up stuff to make it harder for yourself? Right, yeah, yeah, yeah. All right, Aaron, now, before we move on to our closing scene, we need to give a special thank you to the sponsor of the Coco Show, uh, Retro Rewind. Absolutely. We love Retro Rewind. They've got many great products for the Coco. The one I want to talk about, Boat, is the Coco SDC. This is a must, a must for your car computer, allowing it to uh, access the library of Coco titles onto an SD card, Boat. It slips right in your cartridge slot, and it works great. We've both got one. We both use this thing constantly, and you can pick this up up at RetroRewind.ca right now. They're good to go. Frank also has a diagnostic ROMs for the Coco, uh, and he's got an ever-expanding uh, Coco base of products. There'll be more stuff in the pipeline coming down the pike. You know, Coco hardware uh, development is an, an exciting phase. I mean, there's a whole lot of stuff that's going to be available real soon, and you can be sure that Frank's going to be at the forefront. You can also uh, trust Frank to do any repairs you need done on any of your Cocos your Tandies. Uh, Frank is a uh, world-class uh, technician, and him and his staff uh, take great pride in their ability to bring these machines back from the dead. If you need a recap kit done on your Coco, if you need a, a repair that you just don't know what the problem is, it's not starting up, these things are getting old. You're getting uh, memory uh, errors. You're getting solder that's kind of going south on you. You're getting caps that are going south. Uh, this is the man to do the job. He does it quick. It's a turnaround that's fast. Uh, you can ship it right up to Canada, and he'll knock it out and ship it right back to you. They'll do it at a very reasonable cost. Uh, Frank is a good guy, and he's a heck of a man when it comes to supporting the Coco line, Boat. Absolutely. Um, if you did, do you talk about the promo? The promo no, code? give him the promo, okay. Boat. The promo code, if you go to Retro Rewind, for that Coco SDC or whatever you desire, use the promo code AMIGOS10 at checkout. Save yourself 10% off the already low prices. We appreciate uh, Retro Rewind for being an official sponsor of the Coco Show. And we should mention that, because uh, we'll we'll blend this in with our next little promo, Frank will be at Boat Fest. That's right. Taking care of business up there. If you've got a Coco sitting around the house, Bring it by. Tell them about the fest, Boat. It's your fest. Boat Fest is our first annual retro computing festival held right here in the heart of West Virginia. Uh, this is going to be June 24th and 25th at the Holiday Inn Express at Hurricane West Virginia. We're going to have over 30 classic consoles and computers hooked up for your perusal. We're going to be doing live tapings of all of our shows. Plus, Rob Flack O'Hara is going to be here to do an episode of Sprite Castle. We're going to have giveaways. High score competitions, karaoke, a swap meet, 
anything your heart desires will be at Boatfest. Wow, that's and a big promise. Listen, listen. Anything that they desire? Liberace's going to be there. Oh, man. That'd, I'm in. Yeah. So, you can pick up your tickets. It's only 25 bucks for the weekend at Boatfest.info. We hope to see you there. And you can be darn sure there's going to be a Coco uh, in the house that yeah. day. Oh, yeah. And this game will be on it al- along with many of Nick's other games. And by the way, we should mention that at Coco Fest, we're giving away a boxed, sealed boxed copy of Zero Hour, the game we reviewed on the last episode of the Coco Show. Yeah, and that is Boat Fest, not the Coco Fest. Coco Fest. What did I say? You say Coco Fest. I'm an idiot. <laughs> All right, Aaron. What do we got for next? Oh, wait a minute. Before, before we get there. We almost gave it away. That's right. Uh, it is time to talk about all of the fine, fine folks that make the Coco Show happen. So, They're in addition fine. to our Coco Game Selection Committee, we also have our Coco Show supporters on Patreon. Uh, thanks to Graham Vebke, Buttons, and William Becker for supporting us. If you'd Thank like y'all. to support the show, just visit patreon.com slash Show. We do have a goal up there. If we can get to $200 a month in Patreon support, the Coco Show will morph from a monthly show to a weekly show, and that would be awesome. That would be great. We, we love, love the Coco. We love the Coco. <laughs> uh, we release this show in both audio podcast and video format. The video can be found at YouTube at the Amigos Retro Gaming YouTube channel. We record live on Twitch at twitch.tv slash Amigos Retro Gaming. And, uh, yeah, we, we just... We appreciate you being here. Thanks, really for, thanks for coming. Yeah. Guys, it's time to announce next month's game, which is going to be... Bam. Junior's Revenge. Junior's Revenge. Now, this is an interesting... You know, I'm a big Donkey Kong guy, mm-hmm. and I love uh, Donkey King. Donkey King. So, so. Uh, Junior's Revenge should be a lot of fun. I, uh, I'm very excited for this one, Bo. It should be a lot of fun. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. All right, guys. Thanks, as always, for listening. We will see you next time. And until then, all hail. L. Curtis Boyle. Home. Home.